Hello, friends, and welcome to To the Phantom and Beyond. I'm Jillian. And I'm Annika. And we're so happy to have you all along for this adventure. We're going to be diving right into all of our favorite movies, TV shows, and so many other fandom-related subjects, talking about all the things that we love and even some of the things we might not love. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back once again. It has been a while. It has been a while. We um, apologize. Yeah, we've been busy with... I started up school again. Uh, I've been work. working a lot. Yeah. Um, we've both we been... on vacation. Yeah, we went we on vacation. We both weren't feeling well for a while. Oh, I was... It's been a rough couple weeks with, so. you know, just being sick and school and everything. But we're hoping mm-hmm. that we'll be back into the swing of it. We got some plans. We've got some ideas of episodes we want to do yeah. coming up. So, fingers crossed we can stick to it. Yes, fingers crossed. And we hope you'll all stick around for the ride as well. Yeah. Um, Really quick, if you guys didn't know, um, if you guys follow us, we've done two episodes so far in the Hardy Boys. Um, Both in, I believe we did them in season two. Um, They're coming back for a third and final season Mm -hmm. this year, I believe. Don't know when it's going to be released. mm -hmm. Hopefully soon. Yeah. So we will be covering that. Yeah, we're going to be rewatching the first two seasons because why not? Right. Um, getting back into the swing of it and hopefully we have some predictions, a few, hoping that they're right. I think we talked about predictions when we did our last one. Mm-hmm. So we, there's that to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, we're probably, we'll probably be doing an episode about Doctor Who once we finish oh, yeah. catching up. We're currently in the middle of watching um, the 13th Doctor's mm-hmm. run. Um, and then we've got plans, I think, for Magnum PI because that's yep. thankfully that's coming back uh, yeah, next so, month. Yes, very soon. So that that one's coming up pretty soon. Yeah, um, um, and there's plenty of others. Um, so just you know, stick around just a few few weeks longer, and you know we've got some good good ideas coming at you. Um, uh, this week. This week. So for those of you who hopefully who maybe don't know, um, a couple weeks back they did a. It was, uh, what was it? it was the, uh, written actually? What day no, was they it? don't. Um, it was in December, wasn't it? Was it was in December, I believe. And it was a Beauty and the Beast. I want to say it was 50th. No. Or 30th. I thought it was like 30th. Which doesn't make any sense, but that's fine. I could be completely wrong. Um, it was like a 30th or a 50th, um, like special. Okay. I don't think it was 50th. I'm pretty sure it was 30th. I was pretty sure too. I um, could be wrong. Do not fact check us. Yeah. Actually, yes, please do. <laughs> yeah. So it was a, a, a special that they did. It was a live special. Now, here's the thing. There have been several live Disney specials that have happened. Mm-hmm. There was um, Peter Pan. There was uh, a Little Mermaid. A Little Mermaid. So Far Beating the Beast. Um, I mean, they've done... Well, because like, NBC does their live performances that yeah. they do. They've done Hairspray, Grease, Sound of Music. Yeah, I think they do one. They try. They usually do one, like, November every yeah. year. Yeah, they, they, I think. In the last I, couple years, they have, at they've least. They've done, yeah. So um, there's that, but then... I think they did Bye Bye Birdie at one point, I don't or know. they're going to. I don't know. But then, I think just recently, Disney decided to do more. Cause, yeah. Well, because, I don't know, when did they do the Peter Pan one? Peter or Pan was... Was that NBC? Tw- Wasn't that an NBC one? Yes. Peter Pan, I want to say, was, like, 24. 13 2014 so that one wasn't a strict disney one that mm. was done through that was done on nbc yeah right? um yes because it had um i want to say it was i know it was allison williams who yeah. played peter yeah um and i don't remember who the other actors were um right but then disney disney itself mm-hmm. decided to do 
their Little Mermaid. Yeah, and believe me, believe me, thing. we have plans for to talk about more of these. But tonight's or uh, today's episode is solely about the um, Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. Beast. Um, so what we've done is we decided what would be a really good idea is to watch the original 1991 version, the 2017 live action film, and then the 2022, um, celebration. Yeah. Celebration that they did. Um, so we're going to kind of be talking about all three and comparing and contrasting the differences, you know, all the differences and similarities between the three. Um, I think the biggest, if you're finished with what you yeah, 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 go ahead with. I think the biggest difference right off the bat that we can talk about is that the celebration wasn't a strict retelling of the movie. It was exactly, a yeah. celebration, meaning that they had they did they showed clips from the original animated mm-hmm. film, but then they also had live performances yep. kind of woven into it to celebrate. Yeah, and so here's the movie. Here's and the journey. Yeah, so here's with that. Here's the the big difference that. I personally, because Jillian, you didn't watch the Little Mermaid thing. Nope. I watched parts of it. I, I did not see the it. whole thing. Here's the thing: I love Auli'i, and I love. Um, I want to say his name is Graham, who played Eric in the um, live-action performance. Um, from what I had understood, it did not go well. Um, not that it wasn't. Not that they didn't perform well. Just that it wasn't what people were expecting. Right. So. When NBC promotes these things, you expect it to be like they've done with Hairspray and Sound of Music, mm-hmm. where it's the full movie is performed as a live-action stage performance. Right. The What the Little Mermaid version did was they did... They were showing the movie, essentially, with the songs being performed live along with the movie. Mm-hmm. It was this kind of weird, weird thing. Okay? I did not like it. As it wasn't that, like, they didn't... Prom- they promoted it like it was going to be a live-action Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Which is not what it was. Um, with this version, with the Beauty and the Beast one that they did, it was... We... Essentially, we had... Um, we had Josh Groban as the Beast and her as Belle, who, I have to say, did phenomenal. Oh, she did fantastic. Incredible. Um, we had them performing... A good parts of the show like a good chunk of the movie but a lot of it was done kind of it's it's kind of hard to describe but right. we Unless see you watched it. yeah we see um there's there's parts where you see like the sketch drawing mm-hmm. like the storyboard the, the drawings storyboard, yeah um and then you see the animated version um and then it moves and it weaves it into the live into the yeah. live performance where we see like, the scene with, um... Maurice. Yeah, when Maurice gets, um, left at, you know, when he gets stranded at the at the castle, we see it happening on the screen, and then the actor who played Maurice pops out, and you hear mm-hmm. all of the noise, and you see all of the props, and then it goes back into the film. You see the clip happen again, and then it comes back in, and you have Belle coming in, mm-hmm. being like, Papa, 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 like, running around, you know? Um... And so it was done really well. It was, yeah, it was really, really well thought out Mm -hmm. and put together. And I think part of its success is because it was, um, what's the word? I just lost it. Promoted. Thank Mm -hmm. you. It was because it was promoted as a celebration. People knew going into it that it was going to be a mix of the original film and live performances exactly and um, it was a celebration too. yeah and so, so like, we knew when you put i feel like when you put 
this is a celebration, you know going into it that it's going to be more than just watching yeah. the movie. It's going to be talking about it yeah, and, and we the got, behind the scenes. Yeah, we did get a lot of behind stuff. the scenes and um, like moments that you have you we see got, them I talking think, i think we saw like recording booth yeah moments saw, from and the okay cast, let's all cast. be real recording booth see recording booth moments from like early disney movies are, are so so cool. crazy they're insane to watch it's like so the fun ones to watch those the ones of uh brad kane and leah salonga yeah. performing as um, aladdin and jasmine are crazy mm-hmm. um so that you know that was the biggest my favorite part about the whole thing i love Personally, for me, I love any behind-the-scenes type oh, of stuff yeah. for movies and TV. I love seeing the 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 recording booth and the VFX and mm-hmm. on-set stuff and st- stunt work. I love seeing yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, it worked out fantastic. Um, it adds to the magic for yeah. me. So, going back to, you know, comparing the three. Um, so, starting with the 1991 version, right? Um, the... One thing that I noticed that the 1991 animated and the 20, uh, 2017 live action film, they both had the sort of stained glass storybook um, moments. So mm-hmm. they both, the 1991 version opened on this stained glass image and then it goes into the story. Right. And same thing with the 2017 version. However, with the 2017 film, you get a full... Like, probably, I'm guessing, like, five pages of an actual scene. We get this scene of him being the prince Mm -hmm. and being snotty and selfish and self-absorbed. Well, that's... And you see see the the servants. You see them in the scene. Mm -hmm. So we know who they are. We know that they're there. They're already established... We get so, more. We get more backstory. We get to uh-huh. see more of the characters. Exactly. In the live action version, mm-hmm. and not just the Beast, but we get to learn more about Belle too, mm-hmm. about her mother. You know. Yeah, and can I just say, um, the the sorceress, the or at least in the twenty seventeen version, the sorceress and um, Agatha, I think was her name. Um, best fake out. Best fake out. Going from being like I'm a feeble old woman to being like I'm this hot woman and you turn me down like best fake out her being like ha got you and him being like oh crap i'm sorry and she's like no don't judge up go by its cover like mm-hmm. come on we gotta we gotta learn from this um, i'm trying to remember in the live action version when they show the prince do they show him like is he like this look the same age in the start as he does at the end because that's one thing that's yeah, always okay. been so about here's, the films. It's like, well, all these people that were turned into objects, did so, they not well, age? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I've, I've, and I was writing this down because we we're talking about it. Um, one of the biggest issues that people have with both versions is timeline-wise, mm-hmm. right? Because when you look at the the animated version, there's no solid timeline. Mm. Some reason it's winter, and like they don't really explain it, right? Um, and then there's, like, the Christmas special that they had done, which right. makes no sense, but okay. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, it's, like, the Beauty and the Beast, like, bells. No, I know what you're talking yeah. about. I just don't think I've ever watched like, it's it. It's, like, Enchanted Christmas or something. Yeah, no, I know what it is. I just don't think I've ever seen it. Um, so they don't really, like, tell you how long she's been there. It has to be m- months, at least. That's what I thought. Okay, that's because what I was thinking. I-, I just feel like it has to be months, at least. Although... I feel like 
I don't know if I'm thinking of the animated version or the live action version, but isn't like it only winter? Like there's only snow at the castle. And that's okay. So and that's then the live, rest of the town. There's no. That's snow? the live action. I mean, it's technically both, but that's mainly the live action version. Is oh yeah, because in the animated one there is snow mm-hmm. in the town at one point. Yeah. So uh, I think so, but so um, where is it? Uh, in case you listeners weren't aware it's it's been a little while it's been a few weeks since we've watched these Mm -hmm. we do have annika's notes to work off of but But actually let's be real guys my notes are not even help to me so she was um, before we started this she was like looking at her notes she's like um and i'm like are you trying to decipher your own writing she's like yeah um so it is more fleshed the timeline itself is more fleshed out in the in the live action version aside you know besides the animated one but they're still both a little wonky because you're still trying to figure it out, you know? Um, I, Annika knows this. Anybody who's listening who knows me knows I like timelines when it comes to I stories. Know. I like knowing when things happen. So here's, from what I gathered from the, the movie itself is um, after the curse was placed, all of the memories were forgotten. Mm-hmm. Everything was forgotten. And everyone outside the town kept aging. Right. Or everyone outside the castle kept aging. Everyone inside stayed the same age. Everything stayed the same. That's what makes the most sense. Which means it remains winter there until the spell is broken. Because we see it oh, in the right. film. In the film, you see as the curse is breaking, the castle transforms back, mm-hmm. going from gargoyles back into like the knights on, right. you know. And you well, see the I, snow melting I, away. Right, because I know that the memories of the, in the town get erased because they do say that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they ever explicitly stated that time no, was stopping. But, but, but that's kind of like what you infer. Yeah, because... Like, that makes the most sense. Because it, it makes you, you know, you have to think about it because you have this well, whole... Chip, for example, yeah, Chip is a doesn't child. Age. Yeah. And so you can tell that the beast doesn't age. You can tell mm-hmm. that he doesn't age. So it makes the most sense that that time essentially stops mm-hmm. and they're frozen and stuck in this awful time of their lives while everyone else is moving mm-hmm. on without them, you know? And they have to worry about, they've forgotten me. Are they going to die? Exactly. And, and never remember me. Exactly. Um, and so which like, would be terrible. I which would hate that. I appreciate that that's what the live action version mm-hmm. did is that they said, Hey, we're going to flesh this out a little bit more, give mm-hmm. a little bit more insight and background into what's actually right. happening. Because, yeah, you know, like, the, the anime, you know, for at the time, that's, you know, it's mm-hmm. fine. But it's, like, in, in like, today's day and age, it's, like, well, you get people that watch movies and they pick them apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't do that, really. I don't pick movies apart. But there are, there are some times where I'm, like, okay, but that doesn't make sense. I, but why is it like the that? The only time I do it now is, and you know this, is when they're in a restaurant or a bakery of yes. some sort. Then I pick it apart. <laughs> Most of the other times I don't. Yeah. But if you step into a bakery and you don't know what you're doing, I will point it out and whether you can hear me or not. I It's kind of annoying. You do the same thing when somebody's in a movie theater. Not that much cuz we don't really We were watch- watching every time that we were watching a scene in the Pretty Little Liars original sin with Tabby. Okay. Every scene you were like her hair's not up. Why is her hair not up? Where's her, where's her name? And why are, why are they giving away Why are they giving away free concessions to everybody? That's just because they're wrong. a small ass town who because don't need the money. They're not gonna make money if they're giving away their concessions. Yeah, I know for free that they're not gonna make see, money. See, you don't. You don't okay, like but it. here's the thing: we watch more stuff with bakers <laughs> than we do true. movie theaters. So. Well, that's not my fault. And no, it's not. It's not my fault either. <laughs> um, People make more movies about movie theaters, but get mm, it right. Um. Uh. Anyways, though, hold on. I had it. 
We were talking about... We were talking about aging, people don't age. Timeline, yeah. Yes. Um, so that essentially is, like, the best part of the thing, is that they bring it in and they have it be an actual part of the story, you know? Um, and then another another thing that I guess they kind of kept between the two um, is... Oh, where is it? Um, is the beast and his willingness to let her go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in both in both versions he tells her go to your he, father. yeah go to yeah. your father he essentially gives up the one thing that he knows could save him mm-hmm. because, because he, he knows, cares so much about her. exactly and here's yeah. the thing here's the thing okay i know that everyone says that beauty and the beast is stockholm syndrome is i well no 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 okay i was looking there's, this there's up. a big debate online about because this. here's the thing so First off, and I want to point this out, Stockholm Syndrome is not technically confirmed as a real thing. There's a lot of debate because they have never had enough cases to Mm. confirm that it's a real thing that happens. Okay? Um, Second, technically it is Stockholm Syndrome. Um, And I feel like people think of Stockholm Syndrome as worse than it is. It's literally just developing compassion for your captor and developing like this feeling of oh I understand what you're going through and I'm gonna do my best to protect you right um so I feel like every depiction we've seen in media of Stockholm Syndrome it's like to the extreme and that's the thing is it's not like they're like I can't leave you I can't leave them and that's not okay so I was so let's just So, Stockholm Syndrome is a proposed condition in which hostages develop a psychological bond with their captors. Um, It is supposed supposed to result from a rather specific set of circumstances, namely the power imbalances contained in hostage-taking, kidnapping, and abusive relationships. Um, So, technically it is a real thing, but they've also said that um, it's difficult to find a large number of people who experience the Stockholm Syndrome to conduct studies with any sort of power. This makes it hard to determine trends in the development and effects of the condition. And, in fact, it is a, it is a contested illness due to doubts of the legitimacy of the condition. So, it could be a real thing. Like, it could be, yes, like, she has Stockholm Syndrome. It could just be, she's just, she just falls in love with him. Like, it, well, and I think, I think that's where the, like, the, the debate, the, the debate comes in with, people with yeah. the whole Stockholm Syndrome thing because people are like because you know obviously yes he technically kidnapped her but she also basically forced her father to leave yeah exactly and she was like I'll stay for you but she didn't and then you know she didn't want to interact with the beast she's yeah. like I don't want anything to do with you and then over time they spend time together they get to know and each see, other that's the thing is with the Stockholm Syndrome thing I can understand it more in, I can understand, like, the perception of it more, I guess, in the live-action version, because we do know that she spends a sig- more a significant amount of time with him, mm-hmm. whereas in the animated version, she's not spending, like, I, it's, personally, it's, it's, it, the, it's the timeline, it's unclear yeah, in exactly. the animated version. It's unclear how long she's there. Exactly. Whereas, I feel like in the movie in the an- or the live action i feel like it's a little bit more like believable believable that she's there for a longer yeah. period of time so um i just so we know okay so the four key components of stockholm syndrome 
a hostage's development of positive feelings towards a captor. Yes. No previous relationship between hostage and captor. Yes. A refusal by hostages to cooperate with police and other government authorities. I mean, there really wasn't police involved. But we do have both moment in both movies when Belle goes to talk to the town Mm -hmm. and she refuses to listen to them saying like, hey, this is happening. And she's like, no, no, I'm, you know, believe me, he's a good person, right? Because then the last one, a hostage's belief in the humanity of the captor ceasing to perceive them as a threat when the victim holds the same values as the aggressor. So, technically, Belle does have all of the qualities of being well, there you go. Um, but, but, I don't think it is a Disney movie. And also, I don't think that's what they were going for, no, you know? It, no, it definitely wasn't what they were going yeah. for. Yeah, and also, I just want to point out, there is another, another thing that we also have to consider. It's called uh, Lima Syndrome. An inversion of Stockholm Syndrome. Lima Syndrome? Did they go to Peru? Hold on called Lima Syndrome has been proposed in which abductors develop sympathy for their hostages. And an abductor may also have second thoughts of experience or experience empathy towards their victims. Lima Syndrome was named after an abduction at the Japanese embassy in Lima, Peru in 1996. Ayo, Peru! So... So, technically, this movie has both of them in it. I mean... So really, they're all—they're both I mean, messed up. I mean, we knew that from the beginning, but but here's the thing—it's called bestiality. I'm just saying we are not going there. Uh, um, here's the thing—it's mm-hmm. a Disney movie, and they it definitely is. were not aiming it to be. No, of Central. course not. And I and know I've read a post. I saw a post, a Tumblr post on Pinterest about Beauty and the Beast, yeah. somebody arguing that it is not Stockholm Syndrome. Mm-hmm. I. It's just been forever since I've seen the post. No, so it's funny because originally when we were writing, when I was writing my notes for this, I had written down um, that it's not Stockholm Syndrome because she willingly leaves. And then I realized I was thinking of other, like, mm-hmm. you know, moments um, because it's not, Stockholm Syndrome isn't that they feel they can't leave. It's just that they have this more, they have more feelings towards their captor, so they, so don't, they don't want, want to. to yeah. Um, so it's just kind of it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky subject when Here's it comes thing. to this movie. I want to be able to sit down with the creators or the writers of the movie and be like, "Hey, yo, what what was your idea?" Because I know Beauty and the Beast was based off a, a story. It was I'm pretty sure it was Hans Christian Andersen, but I could be wrong. I mean, that makes the most sense. No, Either you know what? We're going to look or a grim no. I know it was based off something cuz I've looked it up. Um It definitely was. I don't think it was Grimm. Grimm did more Grimm did uh like Snow White, yeah, Cinderella. No, I know that. It's um, just those are like the two likely options. But I do know that it was based off of something because I read about it and because that's all that I do, guys. Literally all I do is research this stuff. I mean, especially when it when it pertains to our podcast. Mm-hmm. She's the one that, in case you haven't figured this out, she's the one that does all the note-taking <laughs> and research. I'm just along for the ride. I'm the one who usually decides what episodes we do because I... Take I'm, the notes. I'm like, hey, let's do this because I've already started taking notes on it and I think it'd and be good. And then I just edit the podcast and on our <laughs> socials. So um, if you get responses and it seems like it's from both of us, it's usually just from me. Yes, this is true because she gets response. she gets to it more than I do, and I also do get to it I don't have signal in my school, so yeah. it's really hard for me to respond when people. And I ask. feel like it's easier for me to get to my phone at work than it oh, is yeah. for you. 
I'm not allowed to have it on me at work. I do anyways, but I'm, I'm not supposed not, to. Technically, I'm not supposed to. Which is so funny because but... I'm allowed to have it on me at school, which you would think, like, school, they'd be like, no. But we use it. You know, we use it for mm-hmm. looking up recipes and all that. I technically i'm not supposed to have mine as a team lead it's like almost a requirement so i can help guests okay so beauty and the beast right now anymore (laughs) so beauty and the beast or the original words in french were la belle et la bête Mm -hmm. is a fairy tale written by french novelist gabrielle suzanne barbeau de villeneuve um so it was it is based off a story Um, Makes sense. The fairy tale was influenced by ancient Greek stories such as Cupid and Psyche from The Golden Ass, written by Lucius Apelius Maximus. No, Modernus. Uh Um, And The Pig King, an Italian fairy tale published by Giovanni Francesco Straporola. Sounds like multiple stories. Exactly. Um, Let's see. Um, yeah, so they're, it's all essentially the same, you know, like she goes to live with him. So like, who knows, you know, if we were to read the original version, mm-hmm. maybe it would be the same. I don't maybe know. Disney just interpreted it differently. Because here's the thing, as I hope a lot of you know, most of Disney's films, most of their princess films are complete 180s. No? Yes. 180s. 180, because 360 <laughs> would be a whole circle. Babe. You guys don't even understand how much trouble I have with that. Um... <laughs> Complete 180 from the original source material. If you go back and read uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, yep. oh, oh, let me tell you, yeah. that one is messed Hercules. up. Hercules, Snow White, no, Rapunzel, Rapunzel Cinderella. All of them are horrific. Well, if you've seen Into the Woods, that's a little bit more. Mm-hmm. They they have elements of the original If you've seen The Brothers that. Grimm. Oh, that movie is so disturbing. Don't watch it. It's so good. Don't watch it if you don't want to have nightmares. <laughs> if you love um, if you love uh, Heath Ledger, watch it. Yes, I love Heath Ledger, but that movie is so disturbing. I know. She um, almost forced me to watch it recently. For Halloween. And I was like, hell no. Yeah. I'm not no, watching um, it. But I've watched so... it maybe twice. <laughs> it's so disturbing. It's so I'm good. picturing scenes now and I don't like it. <laughs> it's so good, though. I hate this. Um, anyways, so this obviously, you know... It could, Stockholm Syndrome could be a thing in the original version, but also we have to understand that Stockholm Syndrome wasn't a thing that even was thought of until the yeah. 70s in Stockholm, Sweden. So, who knows? Like, it could have been or it could have gone It's just could a have gone coincidence. Differently. It, yeah. It could just be a definitely. coincidence. Um, Anyways, like I said, there's still debate about it, mm-hmm. about this on yeah. everywhere. Um, another if you if you think it is, let us know. Yeah. If you believe it's not, let us know too. Yeah, another another thing that's really gotten a lot of debate, especially with mainly in the twenty seventeen version, is LeFou. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing with LeFou. In the first in the original version, um he's, you know, sidekick, he's the wingman, whatever. Mm-hmm. In the twenty seventeen version, for some reason, they decide to make him gay, which believe me, I'm all for it. But I love it. I actually saw... But why? It's, like, no, it's so what is the purpose? I saw, like, a post or, like, uh, somebody talking about it recently where they were, like, Disney said, you know, we're going to make LeFou the first openly gay character mm-hmm. in Disney. And then it's, like, 
the representation is at the very end for like two seconds when he yeah. when he accidentally starts dancing with a man. Well, actually, okay, if you watch the film, there's several moments throughout it where you can tell that he's like, mm, he's yeah, but that's like that's gone. like the first, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because also, cue. he's not the first openly gay character. Um, Here's the thing: Disney always says that's the first openly gay I'm like, character. No, it's like. Oh, really? Did you see Good Luck Charlie when the two moms came to pick up their daughter from a play date? I don't think so, because it happened, <laughs> and they were gay. So, <laughs> or you have, uh, I mean, there are some who weren't openly, but they're like, you have them, you have TK and um, Cyrus from TK? Andy Mac. TK? TJ. TJ. Was it TJ? No. Yeah, Thelonious Jagger. Thelonious Jagger, yes it is. I'm thinking TK of TK is from Nine. I know, I know. You silly girl. <laughs> They're always TK, TJ, RJ, PJ. It's I'm like God, just JJ. Just one name. <laughs> one Pick name. one. <laughs> just uh Pick one letter. No, but like there there were so many other characters, right? Like it it's 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 just it's really funny because you see it all the time whenever Disney comes out with a new film or something they're like that's our first openly gay character it's like you cannot have five first openly gay characters <laughs> that's not how that works get it together you can have your first openly pan character your first openly bi character your first openly queer character your like sure but you cannot have ten first openly gay characters I just think it's really funny it's like their marketing team they're like not co- they're not communicating. Yeah, I just, I, I, it's just really funny. It, now, now, if you were to say, now, if you were to go with something like, like the Owl House and be like, our first openly animated gay character, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, for sure, or bi, bi character that's in it, yes, but like, y'all, get your, <laughs> get your stuff together, man, please, oh. and it's just, here's the thing. I did enjoy Josh Gad, Josh Gad's performance, though. Yeah, I love Josh Gad, always have, um, but like, I'm not saying they shouldn't have made LeFou gay, but, like, they just, they did it so wrong in... It's one of those things where it's, like, they did tried they... tried too hard. Did they do it just to no. have it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. You know, that... They that, did it just to say... We did it. Yeah. And... I f- I'm sure that's what it felt like for a lot of There were too many moments. And, like, there are some moments in the film where I was, like, did you, did you need that? Like, like, okay, the moment when they're singing Gaston and he's spelling Gaston... Mm-hmm. And he's like, I just realized that I'm illiterate and I don't actually know how to spell. I'm like, okay, just have him misspell it. You don't need to tell. If Here's the thing. You can have a joke in there without saying the joke, yeah. right? Okay, so. It's all about subtlety. So if you were to just have him be like, G-A-S-T-I-O, like have him misspell it, then we know as an audience, oh, crap, he doesn't know what he's doing. He, yeah. he doesn't know how to spell his name. You don't need to tell us. Just Show us, mm-hmm. you know, show instead of tell. It's always been a thing. I learned that in elementary school, guys. <laughs> Let's be real. And, and, well, I think it also, it depends on the situation, the show don't tell, because like yeah. I've seen, and I think it depends on the medium too. But it just but, like, it felt no, yeah. Sub- real... subtlety, subtlety is key when it comes to certain types of jokes. Yeah. So Sometimes it, it's not funny if you have to explain it. And here's the thing. So that's what we have one to thing I'm going to compare this to <laughs> is... Um, and I know you've seen this this clip because I've I've watched it quite a lot. Is the performance of Gaston? Um, it was at a Broadway. I want to say it was like it wasn't Broadway backwards, but it was, was a it Broadway cast. I don't no. think so. No, because it was that guy who was it was it was it was essentially just two Broadway actors who came in to do oh, the yeah. performance yeah. for like this live audience type of deal, right? Um, was and it, it was it like that 
54. Something like, hold on, you know, something. I'm going to look it up because I know what it was. Like 54 below, that's not yeah. right. No, 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 you're you're thinking of the right thing, Um, I think. Let's see. Because um, it's on, like, a stage. It's yep. the same thing that were, like, the Percy Jackson yeah. live cast did their performance of the album. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Hold on, let me just, I need to know what it is now. It was the Broadway Villains Party. Oh, um. And it was um, Jason, Michael Snow, and Nick Adams. So they performed Gaston, okay? Um, I don't believe either of them have been in any show for Gaston or for Beauty and the Beast, but he does... Um, Nick Adams... Right, I said Nick Adams? He does a fantastic job at performing Gaston. Like, it's, it's wonderful. Here's the thing. They're both gay actors, which is wonderful. I love it. Um, they show that in it. You have all of these moments of them being very, it's like... The physical comedy. Exactly. You have that, and you can tell immediately. And then at the very end of it, like, the tail end of the song, they're, they're like, they get real close, and they're singing, they just turn to the audience, and they go, so you know they're gay, right? Like, they just have that moment. And I was like, thank you. I mean, it, like, we knew, but, like, having that one small of them being like, so, so you know that this isn't a mistake, right? It was funny, and it wasn't too much. Yeah. The way though that they did it in the sh- in the movie, having these moments of of him clearly fawning over Gaston, and then being like, "I'm illiterate," and then at the very end, just like a punch, just like very quick, and I was like, "What was the point of that? If you're not going to, it just it felt kind of it felt kind of forced, almost like it felt like they it, okay, honestly, it kind of felt like they put it in last minute, like it felt like. They weren't like meeting. it wasn't the plan. Yeah, it felt like they were like, oh, hey, let's do this instead. Which Obviously, we don't know if that is no, the case. No, of course not. Like, I love Josh Gad and I love LeFou, but, like, it just felt weird. Had they done it, pro- like, had they done it better and had they done things a little bit different, I could see it. Um, it just, like, it didn't work. But also, what it did work for was, because um, you can tell. At, there's a certain point where you can tell that Gaston knows LeFou loves him. Like, mm-hmm. you can tell. Because when, I believe it's when they're in the tavern, um, and... Oh, and he's, like, trying to, like, rally everybody mm-hmm. or something. And he tells LeFou, he's essentially like, you know what was in the woods, right, LeFou? Mm-hmm. And he looks at him, and he has that look, and you're, you know that he's using... LeFou's adoration of him to gaslight and And Maurice. the knowledge, because it, it, at that time, it's like, if you were gay, that's like, oh, you're a pariah. Exactly. You know? So you know that's what was happening. Um, and I, like, it felt like another way to just be like, oh, hey, if you're gay, you're only used for the the comic relief or for the, uh, like, the side character. Like, it just, it, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. Um, I love Josh Gad, though, so I have no problem with him. I just <laughs> didn't like the way they did LeFou. Um, now, the actor who played LeFou in the live in the live action, <laughs> yes. or the live performance, so, um, I don't remember his name, um, but he plays Ray in Schitt's Creek, which, by far, one of my favorite sh- Like, love that show, man. Um, and he did a great performance, oh, along with Joshua right. Henry, who played, yes. um, Gaston. yes. And I'm sorry, but Gaston with dreads, mm, so good. Every bit of it, Loved love it. it. Um, so that whole performance was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The dancing, all of it. What I really, what I really enjoyed is at the beginning of the, of the like the performance, mm. 
is that they started it like I love when they do this where they start out outside yeah. of the studio and then we see them like walking down the the roads at the mm-hmm. at the lot and you see them going inside to the studio mm-hmm. and then all the um like the little scenery pieces that they had all looked like sketch work. Yeah. Which was really cool. And then they had the original mm-hmm. uh Yeah, voice they had they had the original Belle Bell and they had the original Beast, um, being just two like side characters. Yeah, I think the Belle voice was had, Yeah, she was the one that was giving her the Yeah, book. she was a librarian and then the Beast was um I wanna say he was the baker, the bread baker. I think so. Um which is really cool. Um, I love when they do stuff like that when they incorporate. How do we go from Gaston to? Because I was talking about the no, start you were of the show. Okay, but Gaston I wasn't in the start of the it. show. I just jumped to it. Okay, sure. Why not? Um, <laughs> it made me think of it, so that's where I jumped to. Okay, yeah, but yeah, no, Gaston performance performance was really good. Yeah, uh, I think it's because I was thinking of because Gaston is in the beginning of the show, walking down the road, and that's where my head went. Is he? We, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I didn't think. Yeah, he was. because yeah, because he's because in the in the opening number, Gaston. Oh, is that in is it, true. That's right. Okay, yeah, yeah, Mel. you're yeah. right. So that's why I was. Okay, I was like, because you didn't even bring him up again. You were just like, yeah, when it had all the sketch images. Yeah, that's I was where, like, that's where, where my thought are you process going? was because we were talking about the Gaston, the Gaston number, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about Gaston, thinking about how he was in the opening number, how they were walking down the road. So that's yeah, where my head went. no, no, I understand. Believe me, I get it. <laughs> um, it's. I think. Um, Gaston is definitely one of my favorite. Like, it's a good number. Um, but, okay, let's let, let let's me just... talk about Annika's favorite number. I think I know where this is going. Let me talk. Let me where, say this. I know where this is going. <laughs> okay, so first, I have, to, I have to get there. I have to build it up. Okay, so there were four, no, three, three new songs in the live action version compared to the original animated version. So it was How Does a Moment Last Forever, Days in the Sun, and Evermore. Days in the Sun is so Days good. in the Sun. That was, I had been thinking about that song the entire time we were watching the movie until it led up to that part because mm-hmm. I could not remember the name of the song. <laughs> I just kept singing in my head. I was just, Days in the Sun, when my life has barely begun. And I was like, what song is that? And then they sang it. I was like, oh. So I sang the title of the song 12 times before I realized what it was. Awesome. <laughs> um so that was wonderful. That song is really good. It's really sweet when they sing it because I think it's the the child who yeah, plays young bell or young bell beast. young beast performing it. Um, and then I think it shows him older. Later. Yeah. And then, um, how does a moment last forever? Is mainly, I think that one is mainly um, Maurice and Belle kind of have that mm-hmm. song and Annika's favorite. My favorite song as okay as much as i love the animated version for what it is i will never ever love anything more in any of these movies than the song evermore okay she loves this song so much. okay first of all let me just first dan stevens plays beast in the live action version i love him she if, loves him if you've seen downton abbey you know why because he's incredible um and also I don't know why, but I have, like, this lo- this weird love for Josh Groban. It's kind of odd. Like, I, I've listened to, like, a collective in my 23 years of living, a collective... Maybe, like, two, three songs? I, yeah, I've listened to, like, four hours of music, and that's it. <laughs> okay? Of his. Mainly because there's, um... <laughs> there was one CD that our mom used to have, and she would play it Sunday mornings. Which and song <laughs> was it? The, okay. 
I'm gonna, the only one I can think of is the his hands, his <laughs> hands. No, the only song I ever listened to, and I have it on my phone to this day, is no those words that were meant to say held in silence day after day. I don't know that one. No. Oh. Is it on the same CD yes. as his hands? I think so. You, no, I don't think so because his hand because that was on an old like. An but older it was disc. it was the song Hidden Away. Okay, and that I have been obsessed with that song. Since our mom used to play it every Sunday morning. Like, that was one of the songs. Did she play it on Sundays? Because I know she played His Hands on Sundays. Well, yeah, she played His Hands on Sundays. Breakfast. But also, it would be Josh Groban. Like, those are the two, right? Well, probably later on. Yeah, but you you know what's so funny, guys, is... Our older sister, Sarai, is not a fan of Josh Groban. Apparently, I did not know this. Here's the thing. You would think that it would be the other way around. Yeah. Knowing her, if you guys knew her... 100% 100% you would think I it was I feel her. like she was when she was younger. I think so too, but I think she kind of grew like, out of it. You know, grew out and did, you know, went to other music. But like, I have this weird love for him, okay? <laughs> and so when I found out that he was actually like performing, I was like, I was like, no. I no. think he did a really good job. I loved him in it. And when I realized that he was going to be performing Evermore live in that, first of all, in that all black outfit. Like, you can just kill me now. Like, I'm, I'm done. It was amazing. And that song, that I just, I don't know what it is, but that song takes that song. over. And oh, it was incredible. And here's the thing is, I was really pleased that they put that song in. Because I didn't think, because you never know what they're going to do with live right. performances, right? Like, mm-hmm. Especially because we weren't sure, you know, it's like, are they just going to focus on the original animated version? Yeah, exactly. As the tribute, or are they going to discuss the live Yeah, and here's the thing. Version. I think the main reason they put the song in is because it was Josh Groban's song cuz he performs that song at the end credits of yeah. the movie. In the show, in the movie it's performed by Dan Stevens. Right. Um but later it's performed by mm-hmm. Josh. Um so I was really really happy they put that one in. Um they didn't put the other two in as far as I can remember. I don't think so. Um but it did Which is fine cuz I don't think it would have worked mm-hmm. quite as well. No. Um, because like we mostly got scenes, I think we only got scenes from the animated version. I don't think they showed any. Yeah, no, they the didn't. Movie, no, which makes sense because it was a celebration of the animated. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but no, I did like that they put the Evermore song in there. One thing, the one thing that I really loved about this one, though, about the um, performance is the prequel story is told through that interpretive dance that they did. Oh, yeah. With the rose. That was really oh, cool. I loved that. Incredible. And I'm glad that we got it the way we did, where we got to see, like, the high camera angles. Yeah. Oh, that was incredible. Because I don't know how they would have done it at the actual performance itself. No like, idea. those people in the audience. Like, did they just well, they probably the side, or did they have no, monitors No, I think they showing? have. I think they probably had a monitor. That would I make would hope sense. So. Um because that would suck to just be like, I don't know what this is supposed to be. I'm just seeing a butt in my face every five <laughs> seconds. Literally. Uh, they did a fantastic job. Um, but we're also, both of us are kind of weirdly suckers for dance scenes. We are. Like, okay, when I tell you. I don't think you, it's that weird, though. No, but. My thing, my thing is I love giant dance numbers in water. Oh, my gosh. Or, like, in, like, puddles, in the rain. Okay, Descendants 2, when they performed that final song, she uh, loves it. I loved it. She even, okay, it's funny, guys, she's never watched all of the Step Up movies. Oh, my gosh. But there's a scene, there's a scene in the, I think it's in the second or third one, where they perform in the water, and he, like, 
there, no, there's two. There's two actually, because there's one in the second one, and there's one I think in the third or fourth one. And she like a competition one. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Because he likes rides it on his bike and he flips it and it's it so hits cool. the sprinkler and it goes off and Jillian just like it's she awesome. I see her pull her stuff down to watch it. It's so cool. I know there's more. <laughs> I know. But I can't think of. Those I are like the two that I think of with I love Whereas, Giant Dance Summers in water. It's and I love Giant Dance Summers too, but I personally am always more of a sucker for the tension-filled mm-hmm. so like the tension-filled pair dances there's also there's again there's one in the step up movies with ryan guzman who did not know he could dance apparently he couldn't dance before those films but whatever um that one and even in beauty and the beast they have mm-hmm. one like it just it would have been cool if they had a water dance <laughs> yeah that would make sense <laughs> why not it been cool the, the, the snow melts Okay, sure. And then they can dance in it. At okay, the end. why not? Let's why why not? Like anyways. Um, but yeah. So, the interpretive dance at the beginning was insanely and awesome. My favorite, the the best thing that they've done, or the best like, so essentially all of these movie, you know, all the mo- Disney movies have that one thing that is central to that movie, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and with Beauty and the Beast, it's the rose. Mm-hmm. So of course you have the original one. Where you have the rose, it's in the glass jar or the like the bell jar, and it's a big thing, and the petals are falling, and oh, it's crazy. Then in the in the 2017 version, right? And I I was very adamant about this because I was t- explaining this to Jillian because she didn't quite pick up on it until I mentioned it. Is that technically so in the in the beginning of the film when Maurice is leaving to go to the big convention, whatever. Belle tells him to bring her a rose. That's what she wants back. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Right? He was kind of like, you ask for it every time, but okay. Um, and there's two things that I love about this. One is that later in the film when we see Belle and the Beast travel and go to, uh, I think it's France, um, and they see her little cottage mm-hmm. thing. I think it, it's a little rose rattle, yeah. essentially, that used to be hers. Um, now, obviously, if you've seen the film, she couldn't you know, they weren't able to keep it because it was the plague that was happening and it was, you know, infected mm-hmm. and they had to leave. So she didn't get it. So, of course, it makes sense she always asks for a rose whether she knows why or not. Mm-hmm. And then something that I don't know how many people picked up on is essentially, technically, her father brought her a rose. Mm-hmm. Whether she realized it or not, he brought her to this place where there was a man who she fell in love with mm-hmm. and there was a ro- like the rose yeah exactly and i even i was thinking about it the earlier is that technically the beast is also her rose because Mm -hmm. if you think about it he's this this thing and all of these pieces of him are falling away Mm -hmm. until she falls in love with him like it's just the symbolism of the rose throughout the entire film is incredible Uh, yeah that's one thing that they did really well with the live action version it was so good and it's like I mean, roses can mean so many things. So the fact that it was, like, a big deal for them was... It just kills me, the way they symbolized it and the way they did that. The way they they kind of wove it through the story. Exactly. And also... But also, if you think about it, had he not picked a rose... Because that's the thing. So, Mm -hmm. in the original one, um, the only reason... I think it's the only reason the Beast comes for him, like, takes Maurice, is because he was on his property. You know, he was there. Mm Mm-hmm. In the live-action version, the only reason he was going to let him go, Maurice was free and clear, until he he decided to pick a rose for Belle. Had he not chosen to do that, Mm 
he would have been off scot-free but he decided my daughter wants this i'm gonna get it for her and i'm like Mm -hmm. boy get away fast (laughs) yeah like get her another rose it's okay yeah but it worked you know i guess because in the end she did get her rose Mm -hmm. it just wasn't in the way that she was expecting yeah um so that was really cool um and another you know with the roses and everything um there's in the live performance um and this was the first thing that i told jillian about before we watched it um was when her performs um and her glasses no 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 no. it's not her glasses it's um yeah so when her and josh groban are performing beauty and the beast together which was incredible. Oh, it was so... It was a really um, well, well done arrangement. Yeah. So when they... They're performing and then she goes off and he's still singing. And then we hear this guitar riff and we see her at the top of the stairs and she's taken off the, like, the bun piece of her hair and she has on her glasses her signature frames um, and she has this guitar, which I assume was made out of resin. Like, that's what it looked like, mm-hmm. but it could be anything. And it has these, like, stained glass roses in the guitar. So cool. Which was incredible. And if she did not get to take that home with her, I I don't know. I hope that's hers now. Like, seriously. She did amazing. So I just... The the rose woven throughout the whole story, Mm -hmm. I think they did better with it in the live action and the um, performance than they did with the animated one. Um... And that was, I think that was the best thing they could, they, the best thing they did with the, the entire story. Uh-huh. And speaking of, like, symbolism and iconic things mm-hmm. for the films, the dance sequence that uh, is in the film is obviously one of the most iconic dance sequences mm-hmm. of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's done, I love it, in the original version. It's incredible in the original version. The live action does it well, but, and I know most people have this issue with mm-hmm. the movie, the one issue that a lot of people have is Belle's dress. Yeah. Here's the thing. I have come to agree that it is a gorgeous dress, but, and like a lot of people will say, it doesn't feel like a, a princess dress. Yeah. It feels like a prom dress mm-hmm. with a tight-fitting bodice, gorgeous overlay, and her hair is done up nice, but the, the necklace felt a little bit big, kind of weird placed, mm-hmm. placement. Um and I understand why it looked the way it did because I know that Emma um, Emma Stone, right? Emma Watson. Emma Watson. Thank you. Had decided I don't want to wear a corset. I understand that. Like I, I wouldn't wear I've one never, either. I've never. Well, actually, no. I have worn one and it I've, hurt. No, I had to wear one for a play. I didn't like it. I had to wear one and when I did. It wasn't even that tight either. I had to wear one that was made for me by our mother for Halloween one year when <laughs> I decided to be Zarina the Pirate Fairy from Tinkerbell and the Pirate Fairy. Yeah. Let me tell you. I did not eat for about eight hours. It wasn't even that tight, but it was because it was made just a hair smaller than it should have been. So I like, I had, I had loosened it, sat down, ate a piece of pizza and then tightened it back up. And then I was like, I was like, that was a bad idea. I can't do this. And, but I, I was dedicated to that costume. Of course, it's never a good idea. So I can understand why she didn't want to wear one. However, I do think they probably could have done something better to, adjust for not having a corset Mm -hmm. because as much as I appreciate her saying like hey that's not what I look like I don't want to wear corset be super thin all that Mm -hmm. I get that but if you're trying to stay true to something and you decide oh I'm gonna go completely against like 
if you want, if you're trying to be, first off, you're trying to be accurate to any type of time period. Back in those days, they wore corsets in their dresses. That's how it was. They Why probably, do you think they, they probably could have figured something out to make it look look like there was a like, corset? You know, believe me, I guarantee you that Lily James didn't want to wear a corset, a Cinderella. But that was the time period. Mm. That was the type of dress that she would have worn, like mm-hmm. the corset, the tight fitting, the like. That's just how it is. I believe me, I don't like it. I hate corsets. I think they're torture. But I get it. That's how it was. Um, but the entire dance sequence, though, they did a great job. Oh, yeah. It was still very beautiful. I think they did it. I think they did it in the live performance because they had, um. I think they had some kind of. Because they had Shania, Shania Twain, right? They had Shania Twain and Alan Menken performing it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think Josh and her were dancing. Maybe. I do not remember. Uh. I don't remember. The one thing I do remember from the show, uh. Is that incredible animatronic costume that they oh, came up with? That was so cool! Amazing. I loved that. I don't know why, but when I saw it, and it, probably none of you will understand this because you probably have never seen the show. But there was a show um, that was on for a couple years called Face Off, um, and one of the one of the contestants on it, Roy, was Ew. incredible would, at making like fabrication, like done, yeah. exactly something. And I was like, I was like, did they pay him to do that? I was yeah. like, I wonder if that was his work. That's definitely something he would have done. Um, like the the way that it sat, that's definitely. Yeah, but I just, it was incredible, and also the fact that like it was Josh in there, just like just having a good time, just doing his mm-hmm. job. I was like, this is fantastic. I love this. It was really cool. Um, it was super cute. Um. So, like, they did a good job with the dancing and with the, the costuming and the live performance, too, is incredible. Uh-huh. Um, like, there's also the other staple of the whole thing, which is Belle's blue and white dress. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And there's there's only one other character I know that has, like, a blue and white dress, which is Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're very similar in that regard. They're very similar in the way that they're put together, because I think Belle has a blue dress with like a white apron Mm -hmm. and i think it's the same for alice well alice doesn't have an apron yeah her dress has an apron does it girl i thought it was just like a like it's just like the white center of the dress it's not like an apron i'm pretty sure it's like an apron piece it's like it's like a dress cover that they wore i'm pretty sure you know, now you're, you're making me second guess, and I know Alice in Wonderland. I know you know Alice in Wonderland. Now I'm second guessing my thoughts. Because you love Alice in Wonderland. I do. I have a weird love for her. I'm going to get her tattooed at some point. I just don't know where. I don't know what it's going to look like. You mm. should get the, like, the the cake and, like, the, yeah. the bottle, drink bottle. You should get that. That would be cool. That would be cool. Let's see. Or even just, like, the Cheshire cat smile. Yeah, see, it's... Oh, that's it's like a okay yeah it it's essentially I don't know why I was picturing something different no I get it I think I was picturing like a white stripe down the front what <laughs> what <laughs> what have you been watching <laughs> since when does that since when is that what Alice wears I don't know man I don't know well, let's just move on from this anyways um they do have it in the live action version. Uh, it's a little bit more updated, so it's a little bit more. It it does feel a little bit more like Belle with like how she like tucks her skirt in, mm. so she's wearing her little bloomer pants underneath. Yeah, and like just the way she does it, you mm. know. 
Um, I do like that version of the outfit. It was really, it's really nice. And I love her little like jacket thing that she mm-hmm. has over top. So the functionality of mm-hmm. it is what, for is sure. Because really um, nice. it definitely feels like she like that's something that she would have worked into the dress. You exactly. Know, like, the way that she like tucks it up and stuff. Yeah. It feels like that's something she would have done to it. You oh, a hundred percent. And it was, I loved, I loved the costume throughout all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically um, for not even the costuming, but I guess the um, effects that they did for the servants and making them look like people as, like, the work that they are. You know, we were talking about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the live action, Mm -hmm. how when they turned back into their human selves, they still had, like... No, 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 no. It It was when... They were turning fully into the objects that they oh, were. Oh, right. How, like, with, how with Lumiere, when he spins around and his arms fold over uh-huh, into the pieces. Yeah. And, like, with Cogsworth and, right. like... How it still looks kind of like a, a human face. face. Yeah. It was incredible. It was really cool. So, like, shout out to the animation team for being able to, like, do that mm-hmm. and do it really, really well. Yeah. Had a lot of respect for them, honestly. I have a lot of respect for all the animators and all the Disney mm-hmm. stuff. They... Girl, I do not envy it. Like, I'm sorry, but I would not... I do not envy the people who worked on Brave. Merida's hair. (laughs) No thank you. Or the the water in Moana. Oh my gosh, incredible. So, like, they did a fantastic job. Um, They even did a fantastic job in the animated version with just, like, the animation in general, Mm -hmm. you know, for the year that it was. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was just... Everyone who works on Disney Disney movies, though, I I have a lot of respect for them how how many countless hours they work yeah it's like they definitely Mm -hmm. deserve a lot yeah for the work that they do um the final like final thought on both movies which one do you prefer the animated version or the 2017 version that's a tough one like if you had to pick one i feel like i'd have to say the live action just because the backstory is more mm-hmm. fleshed out honestly i would say the same and the timeline feels i a mean little bit and smoother. i mean like we all know why i'm saying the 2017 version so there's no debate i mean the live the the original animated you know it does have its merits you know it oh is, yeah you know it's the original it's you know it's what you grew up on and okay i have to point this out because i found this the other day and jillian was like i don't remember this there's a deleted scene that is in the vault released version of it i believe which what is scene? It's when the servants, after they're seeing Belle oh, yeah, and the Beast me. dancing, and they sing the song, human again, we'll be human again. And she was like, I don't know that. I was like, I, here's the thing. I remembered it, but I was, I never questioned why it wasn't in the movie until I read it. And I was like, holy no, crap. I've had, I've had, a, I had a scene like that recently that I thought was a fever dream for the longest Which time. Which one? I don't remember. <laughs> No, now you're gonna be driving me nuts with it. I'm gonna be driving myself nuts because I don't remember what it was. We were watching a movie or something that we hadn't watched in forever. Harry Potter. Yeah. Yes, because we were watching it on Hulu. Yes. Like the extended versions on Hulu. Which one was it though? I don't remember which movie, but it was a scene where I was like, I knew no. that happened. It was it was uh, the second, first or second one because it was right because it was Neville when he was hopping into the hall. Was it that one? No, 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 no. No, I, I'm going to have to... It was one of those two. I'm sure. I think I posted about it on Twitter. I'll find it. No, but like... But I thought it was a few dream <laughs> for the longest time. I, here's the thing. I never questioned why I hadn't seen that yeah. scene before until na- until like a couple weeks ago when I was looking everything up on Wikipedia and I was like, hold on. Because that song, I think, is in the Broadway version. Oh, yeah. 
And so I was like, hold up. And let me, okay, let me say, as someone who I saw the Broadway show when it came to Portland in 2012 or 13, I think, I'm just saying, their work on the transformation of the mm. beast is incredible. They do a fantastic job. And like the music and costuming was amazing. Yeah. I just respect for them. Yeah. Um, so I think, I do think 100% I would choose the an, the live action version mm-hmm. over the animated one solely because of, like, the servants and, yeah, yeah, and, like, all of their stories, and, and the music. And I, I, I like when things are fleshed out, when it feels mm-hmm. complete, and in a sense. here's the thing, it was so funny, the one pet peeve I had throughout both movies, or throughout the first movie, and Jillian knows this because I kept bringing okay. it up, is... The way that Belle says her father's name. So when she calls for him, she calls him... Uh, Papa. Yeah, she calls him Papa, Papa, and all I was thinking of was Stranger Things. Yeah. I'm like, no. But then, of course, in the live action version, it's she actually Papa. calls him Papa. And which is, which is, like, accurate, I feel like. You know, because even if you go back and watch things like Downton Abbey or, like, things that are set in that time period, mm-hmm. it's a lot of Papa, Mama. Like, it's very kind of regal sounding almost. Yeah. Whereas Papa... It, that's mean. like here mm-hmm. yeah no I, I yeah, just no, I had you brought that up because I was like I was like this is I was like I can't do it I can't do it and it just it was driving me nuts for some reason I don't know maybe I've just watched too many period dramas Probably. at this point anyways. they're my big they're my they're my big kryptonite guys yeah period dramas anyways we had a lot of fun watching yeah them. I feel like we have a plan to do this with a few others. Yes. I know Cinderella and Snow White were up there because yes. they have a lot, a lot of live action Yeah, and here's the thing is Beauty and the Beast has does have quite a few other adaptations. Obviously, there's like Not Beastly. Not as many well-known ones. No, there's Beastly. There's the Beauty and the Beast from we 2011. Because ta- we were talking about this because I made the comment that it doesn't have as many live action adaptations as like Cinderella mm-hmm. Because I think I feel like Cinderella has the most, has the most they do. because there's so many movies. But Beauty and the Beast has had a couple of shows. Has had like yeah, few, Beauty and the Beast had shows because they had the 1980 the, version that one, and then there was the the police cop. Was it one. 2000 like 11 or something? Maybe because I was still it was in high real school. early because it was it was it was early Max days. Yeah, because he, he was, was in, in an it. episode. Um, that that was I think that was during like his Nothing Without Love era. Yeah, so like that. There's those two shows. There is the Beastly. The movie, yeah. Um, there's, like, uh, Beauty and the Briefcase. Yeah, there's a Mormon version. There's a Mormon version. So there's, there's Beauty, a, like, the I Beautician like and the Beast. There's more than... The, there, there's more adaptations of Beauty and the Beast that are less well-known exactly. than whereas, the other two. Whereas you have Cinderella, where there's, like, four so or five Cinderella story movies. There's right. Ever After, Ella Enchanted. Like, there's so there's many. so many adaptations. So with that one, it's... That one might even be a two-parter. We might Maybe. even talk about several of these right. adaptations. And then, of course, you have Snow, Snow White, White that has a few... Quite a few, actually. A few, quite a few live-action adaptations that are... People are aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, so and those are... I think <clears throat> those are on the... On the... On docket. the board to do at some point. Mm-hmm. Don't know when, because it'll... Yeah, you have to watch you, them. If you have ones that you want us to watch that you that are based off of you know Disney tales or if there's fairy like, tales, if there's like the like the the animated version and then live action adaptations, let us know. Or even if it's mainly, or even if it's just like those original version and yeah. then the later versions. Yeah. Because like I mean, there's even 
one that I was thinking of was there's um, the Robin Hood, the original, yeah. v- mm-hmm. like the VHS Robin Hood. <laughs> and then there's like the few TV shows that they did, you know, or there's, there's even... there's a few movies. Yeah, there's so, even, uh, like, there's so many. Yeah, so there's plenty of things we can do. As long as we can find a way to watch them, we will do it. Um, yeah, so let us know uh, what type of like Disney adaptations things that you guys want us to talk about we would love to check them out and talk about it with you um so that would be really fun um let us know what you thought of the animated live action and the celebration versions of Beauty and the Beast we'd love to hear from you uh let us know what your favorite parts were what you know the biggest differences you thought about were let me know um, your favorite song please yeah let us know yeah yeah your favorite song favorite part we'd love to hear all of that from you guys um you can find us on twitter i am at jillybean729 that's g-i-l-l-y-b-e-a-n 729 and i'm at mama release that is capital m-a-m-a capital r-o-l-l-i-s-i and you can also find our podcast on twitter and also on instagram at ttfab podcast so come on let us know what you thought we'd love to hear from you